Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Rico back at it again. With a new unit, new episode, jumping into the offseason. Really sucks that we can't be talking Bills football right now. But it is what it is, man. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Smash that like as you guys enter the room. If you guys have not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Y'all know what it is. If you guys have not followed me on Bleacher Report, do that ASAP. That's where I'm at. So let's get into it, folks. Tap into the room while these bills try to tap into the youth. But before we even get into that, uh, how about this championship weekend that we just uh, we just witnessed? The Lions collapse. I can't believe it. It almost reminded me of these damn bills, right? And bills, the bills of old. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, the Lions had a heck of a season. But man. They had that game. They had that game, just a couple decisions to make that really puts the 49ers in a bind. Put them on the pressure. Oh, somebody said, fix my mic. Uh-oh. Hold on a second now. Let me fix my mic. I appreciate that. You guys are always showing love, man. So let me just make sure that everything is rolling. Oh, my guy. My guy. Appreciate that. We back at it. We good? Yes. Now we good. The Lions, listen. The Lions had that game. They have a good group out there. They got a strong head coach, which really cares for this team. You could just see it. It started, it started way back in the day when he was talking about kneecaps and all that stuff, and you've, he's built onto that. And they're a solid, solid squad. I appreciate that for, for looking out for your boy. Right? Solid squad coming from the Lions, man. Young nucleus, strong O-line. They're going to get better on the defensive front. They'll add some pieces to add to Jack Campbell and the rest of that crew. They've got something good going. <laughs> Laura says, yo, where are your glasses at? <laughs> I feel betrayed. Where are your glasses at, kid? I forgot them, actually. They're upstairs. I was, like, meaning to bring them down. So I'm like, old man going, what happened here? Um, so uh, no team glasses today. But honestly, man, the Lions, man, they this was going to be, like, if the Bills couldn't do it, at least the Lions would have represented for the old school squads, you know, saying that have have had some misery in their day, right? The Bills obviously look good, and I'm glad the Lions look good, but golly, y'all had this game, and you let the 49ers hang around, and they took care of business. And some might say it was the decision-making of Coach Dan Campbell. And in a way, I didn't mind the decision that he made, right? You got to go for it. And if you want to put the dagger in these teams and these teams that are, you know, what I mean juggernaut teams like the 49ers and you want to just put them away, sometimes you got to be aggressive and go for it. Question is when to choose to be aggressive, when to choose to just be safe and take the points. And a lot of times coaches are criticized for being too passive and taking the points. Go for it. Right. It's always it's always that way. And then when it doesn't fall that way, well, you should just took the points. Or if you wanted to win, you got to go and put these guys out. You win some, you lose some, right? But one thing for sure with Dan Campbell, you do what got you hired, right? He was aggressive right from the start, right from the press conference. 
and and aggressiveness aggressiveness is what actually eventually put him put him away. And it sucks, man, because those two field goals would have been the difference in that game. So uh, the Niners, you can't take anything away from the Niners, man. That's a good squad. Brock Purdy looking real good. He's looking real good. He's getting a lot of hate, but he's looking real good. I'll say this, though. Uh, I was talking to Pierre and Bobby today, and, uh, yo, Bobby's like, yo, and these guys are not really that impressed with, with Brock Purdy. They're like, listen, man, he's got he's to give me more than that. Because any quarterback, and it's a fair point, any quarterback that has gone any with Shanahan has had success. You go to Jimmy G, Nick Mullins. When Nick Mullins came in, we're like, yo, who the heck is this Nick Mullins guy? This guy's killing the game, right? I wouldn't go as far as C.J. Beathard. <laughs> but nonetheless, any quarterback that's that been under the Shanahan, I mean, tutelage and Shanahan, uh, I guess, offensive scheme has had success. So is Brock Purdy a, a, a product of just a good offensive coordinator making good plays, or is he actually a good player? We're about to find out when he they face off the freaking Chiefs. It was transitions me to the Chiefs, right? These Chiefs, that defense, man, is the real deal. Now, I'm a little disappointed with the Ravens. The Ravens, the Ravens, whether they made this decision or Lamar Jackson made this, this decision, but Lamar Jackson decided to play like Josh Allen played at the beginning of the year of not lose, using his legs and just trying to, I mean, not trying, just passing the football. I like Lamar Jackson, but bro, your game is to do both simultaneously. You can't just do one. That is not your game. Your game is to do both, but strike fear in, in the defense. Yes, we know you can go for 300 yards, five touchdowns. We can. We know that, right? Yes, I saw you take down the 49ers. Yes, we, we've seen that. But bro, Spags and that Chiefs, you know what I mean? That, that defense is different. That defense is different, man. So uh, listen, it is, it is, it is what it is. We got a 49ers, Chiefs, Super Bowl. I guess all the people talking about all the conspiracies. Did you look at the logo? Did you see the colors? It's gonna be a Ravens 49ers uh <laughs> Super Bowl. You can put that to bed. The script writers, <laughs> I guess they went on strike, right? They just stopped writing, I guess. I don't know. All, all of a sudden, it's shh, everybody's quiet now. <laughs> everybody's quiet. So who are we rooting for? Are we going for the 49ers? I, I listen, I just want a good game, first and foremost. I just want a good game, but selfishly, I don't. I'm actually glad the Ravens lost, although I was rooting for them a little bit. But I'm glad the Ravens lost because let's just say the Ravens won that game and they won the whole Super Bowl. That's two quarterbacks. That's got something ahead of Josh Allen. Can't have that, right? And right now, Pat Mahomes is playing like the man. So if he goes up and has three Super Bowls, so be it. Josh is going to have some years to try to catch up with that. But I'm, 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 I think the 49ers need to take these boys down <laughs> so we don't have Pat Mahomes sitting here with three damn Super Bowls before he's 30. Golly, that's insane if you think about it. Three Super Bowl victories before he's 30. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. So, Go Niners? Am I, are, we, are we Niners fans this uh, for the Super Bowl? I guess we're about to find out. But I'm, I'm with everybody here, man. Go Niners, man. I'm a Niners fan. Christian McCaffrey, get your Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, go ahead and get that. Kittles, George Kittle, go get, go get yours, man. You know what I mean? Like, go get that. Don't let these boys come in and try to take that shit from you. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. 
Uh, there's been some coaching changes and coaching carousel happening around the league. Winners and losers in this situation. I'm going to tell you, man, there are definitely some winners and losers when it comes to this situation here. And uh, let's go right now. The Lions, absolute winners. Ben Johnson has opted to return to the Lions. He's going back to the Lions saying, you know what? Let's run this ish back. Let's run it back. I don't, and, and apparently he's, he told uh, Amon Ross saying, Brown, I don't feel good about this because sleep, we got to run it back. That is huge because if the line, like, listen, you guys just went to the AFC championship, excuse me, the NFC championship game. And you're sitting here having an opportunity to really get your team to the Super Bowl and you've missed it by this much. How do you go to run your own team when you're like, man, I got something good with this crew, man, I'm going, I'm going back. We're running it back. Now, here's the thing. Jared Goff is sitting here asking for a new contract. So are you going, are you going back to Jared Goff and running it back with Jared Goff? I mean, he had, he had some, he had some good moments, but he had some moments where you're like, Oh, Jared, what you doing? What are you doing, Jared? So these lines getting their, their offensive corner back big. That's massive. Listen, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, says, yo, I'm coming back. Me and CJ Stroud got something going. We're rocking it. Problematic for, for the AFC because we got we got the, the offensive coordinator come back. CJ Stroud is taking huge steps as a rookie. My goodness, it's going to be a tough AFC again. So that's why we got to take care of business. So big time, Bobby Slowick. The Texans also are retaining their QB coach uh, as well. So kudos to them. Rams, Brandon Staley. They might, they might be getting back together again. This boy had a, a, an epic stint with the Chargers, just an absolute bum. <laughs> so he's going to go back to defensive coordinator with, uh, with his old boy, uh, Mr. Uh, McVay. And last but not least, Belichick still hasn't had a job. Why? Why? Yo, I thought he was supposed to be that dude. Yeah, Belichick, go ahead and get your job. You got two jobs right now that you could have right now, and they're just they're not 100% all in. I mean, you'd think that we'd be going right I mean, we, we go right to Belichick's going to pick whatever he wants, and he gets it. Ain't the case. Ain't the case. Uh, so we'll see how far it's uh, it's going to take. Maybe he just waits till next year. But right now, Seahawks and the Commanders, no coach yet. So they're just probably good. It feels as though they're just about to settle because a lot of these guys are like, no, thank you, no mas. We're good. We ain't going to Washington, and we certainly ain't going to Seattle. So y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. So we'll see. We shall see. So – that being said, let's get into uh, our, our topics of the day. Uh, you guys already know what it is, and this is a huge one. And before we get into that, y'all got to understand, this Super Bowl, this upcoming Super Bowl, the line right now is what? One and a half. One and a half is mad tight. Who are you going with? There's an opportunity for you guys to make some bread, and there's only one place that we trust that y'all should just check this out. Go ahead and make your bread. Make your picks. This is the place to do it. Let's go. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. In the Pick'em game, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in that week's game for a chance to win big. And as you already know, I'm going Josh Allen higher in yards every single week. So sign up today with promo code BUFFALOFANATICS and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with promo code BUFFALOFANATICS to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. 
All right, here we go. Uh, we got people in the chat. We got celebrities in the chat right now. We got Pierre's in the chat. What's up, Pierre? I, I'm squinting like I can see him in the in in the chat right now. <laughs> What's up, big man? Uh, Pierre's out here. He goes, "Yo, we're witnessing greatness, people. Hard not to see how many people, how many Mahomes can get at this point. Three and five years would be hard to top, guys. If you're an NFL fan, you're a football fan. There's no room for you to hate on Pat Mahomes." He's good. That's why I was harping last week that owner Terry Pagulas has to be in his feelings right now saying, fam, McDermott, I gave you the roster you wanted. I gave you a GM that was ready to give you everything you wanted, draft picks and all. You had money. Doug Whaley left you guys in great position. I fired his ass and I brought a GM in there. Go get me Pat Mahomes. If you guys remember, Terry Pagula was all in on Pat Mahomes. He liked him. He's like, oh, I like that, bro. And McDermott's like, no, sir. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're going to build this defense. We're going to build this defense, and we're going to run the AFC East. Technically, he was right. They are running the AFC East. Problem is, when you guys get to the playoff, Pat Mahomes is there saying, get off my block. That's exactly what's happening right now. And every time we get close to nudging him off the block, he says, nah, I got this. Y'all going to have to do better. Y'all should have drafted me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we can sit here and talk about whether the Bills would have had success with Pat Mahomes, whether, you know what I mean, if it would have worked. Who knows? What we do know and what we do see is he's killing the game right now, and he's on the verge of getting a third Super Bowl, which is insane. But this is the, this is the way we are right now. So you got to give credit to Pat Mahomes. Ronald Wrigley, what's up, Ron? Ron says, Zebot was at Casey's knees last night. Hope this isn't a repeat. Uh, no, this, <laughs> what do you mean he was at his knees? Was he giving them props? If he's giving them props, he's got, he's got every right to give them props because they look good. You can't hate on the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they look good, bro. They look good. Now, we're, we're more built to take them. We're more built to beat them. I knew that they were going to wax the Ravens. I just, just you can't go toe-to-toe with a guy like that. If you're going to go toe-to-toe with a guy like Pat Mahomes, you got to have someone like Pat Mahomes. And we have that someone like Pat Mahomes. It's just that we've there's circumstances that have not gone our way. But these one of these days is going to have to fall our way multiple times. So then when he's got three or two, we'll have a couple under our belt sometime soon, too. So that's what's going to happen. Listen, don't forget, Tom Brady was killing the game. Tom Brady was killing the game. And, and Peyton Manning was just seething. When am I going to get mine? He was like, he, he was like Skip Bayless. It's my turn. It's my, well, he got his turn. He did. You know what I'm saying? He had, he, he, he was able to get his, uh, but it took some time. I think it was like 31 before he got his first Super Bowl. So there's some time, man. There's some time, but every roster changes over. So we got to make sure that we have the right pieces in, in the right places in the right time. It's all about timing in this thing, man. You got to have the right nucleus. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day, but you got to give, Pat Mahomes' credit. You got to give that defense their credit. And uh, there's obviously things that we got to get better at. I accept Mahomes is great. I also accept that my hatred. <laughs> it's true, man. Yo, sometimes, listen, we accepted that Tom Brady was great. Did we not? We accepted it. But we also hated his guts because he was whooping our ass every week. But we respected what we were seeing. And now that he's retired, you almost respect that you were able to witness something so great. And right now, I'm not going to be in the words of Ronald Riggler, at his knees, at the Kansas City Chiefs' knees. But right now, we might be witnessing greatness. 
The same way we're watching Michael Jordan do his thing. The same way we're watching Kobe Bryant do his thing. You know what I'm saying? LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah, we were watching LeBron. Listen, we're watching it right now. 20 plus years in the, in the game. You got to appreciate greatness, man. You can still love your team. You can still have appreciation for them. But it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, man. You got to appreciate it. <laughs> Ronald, Ronald Rickles like, yo, man, I ain't trying to hear no people at, at their knees. I ain't trying to hear it. Ronald, just for you, I didn't wear my, my Cubs hat. Just for you, big guy. All right. Let's get right into Bill's chatter because that's why we're here, right? It's all about tapping into the youth, tapping into the youth fountain that the stigma at one point was that coach didn't want to. Coach wanted to make sure that the, the veterans got in there. The veterans did that. And I'll tell you this right now. When McDermott came to the squad, he, he brought on a whole bunch of old cats to come in and, and support him. And I get it. You want some veteran guys that know what they're doing, so on and so forth, right? Rick Dennison. Are you kidding me? He brought in Rick Dennison to hold it down for him. And uh, because obviously he had some, some years under his belt and he had some experience. So he didn't want any young guys that don't know what they're doing, right? He wanted some, you know what I mean, some cats that, that knew what they were about, which I totally get if it's going to be your first time as a head coach. Now you're seven years in. Now you're the veteran. You're the guy that's been doing this well. Time to lean in on your youth coaching, right? And that he's done. So obviously, you know that we've moved on from Ken Dorsey. And by the way, Ken Dorsey either has been hired or is near near to be hired by the Cleveland Browns as their offensive coordinator. So that will be interesting to see Deshaun Watson and Ken Dorsey doing their thing. Hopefully, Ken Dorsey he doesn't turn my guy into uh, Deshaun Watson into freaking Cam Newton in 2015 and gets him into an MVP, MVP form. I hope not. I mean, good for him if he has success. But we're good on that end because we got Joe Brady in this beat. And uh, Joe Brady, at the ripe old age of 32, could you imagine you're running an NFL offense at the age of 32? Golly, at 32, I'm still not knowing what the hell I was doing at 30. I still don't know what the hell I'm doing now. And I'm pushing that 4-0, right? So at 32, you are running this offense. That's your gig. That's Honestly, it's amazing. That's amazing. That's an amazing feat. And uh, hopefully he's here for, for some time and, and not just a one-year wonder where he says, you know what, I'm ready to take over uh, my own head coaching squad. I hope that he – is he 34? Oh, you're 34. Who's 34? I mean, I read, I read that he was 32. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But anyway, the, the point is this. He's young, and I love it. You're tapping into it because right now the average age of this Bills team is, 20, is 26. <laughs> and Ronald Ritter's like, you're a kid, Rico. Uh, yeah, I guess I am, ish. I mean, I still feel it inside. You know what I'm, I'm still a young guy. I still play my video games, for crying out loud. I'm forever going to play my video games. I ain't going to stop. If wifey's like, you don't have time for that, yes, the heck I do. Yes, I do. Anyway, um, but at 30, 32 years of age, going to run this offense, you love to see it. But here's the thing. You need, this is the, the thing about coaching. You need someone that, Guys, guys just resonate to, right? Guys just they, they just gravitate towards a personality. They they gravitate towards someone that they relate to and trust. And age is, is big because if we're close in age, we have similar, similar interests, right? Certain music that we like. We might listen to the same music, right? We might do the same. I mean, well, I might jump on Call of Duty with you and, and do all that stuff, right? 
there are things that you can do with your 32-year-old uh, offensive corner that you can't do with your 70-year-old head coach and Bill Belichick. Can you imagine Bill Belichick? You guys listening to, you know what I'm saying, salt and pepper? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or listening to Maestro Fresh West. Like, you guys won't know about that. But you guys catch what I'm saying. Ain't no way Bill Belichick is going to be listening to the same stuff you listen to. You feel me? So the, the fact is this. I love the fact that we got the youth jumping in on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. So Joe Brady gave us, uh, I guess, a great sample of what he can do with his offense. I mean, you saw it. We were kind of lollygagging away with Ken Dorsey, although we started off pretty well, but I think that was more the residual effect of having the best quarterback in the game, and if not one of the best quarterbacks in the game, to then work falling in the lull. If you saw what it what what Josh Allen looked like in press conferences after close losses or really or, or really tight wins, he wasn't happy. He didn't look happy whatsoever. He was just. Going with the with the flow of things. The minute Joe Brady Joe shows up, there's a sense of like youthness. There's a sense of okay, we there's there's bounce. There's some bounce back back, back into it. So you, you gotta love that. By the way, side note, lol, I bust out my NES classic. Listen, I just I have two. I'm a I'm a gamer type guy, right? So I have the they made this they remade this Atari Atari uh, setup. I got that. Set up. I got the little Super NES that has all the games on there. I have that set up. These kids don't know nothing, man. You know what I mean? They don't know nothing. So, like, I got to teach them. You know what I mean, these are the old school ways. But I secretly bought it for them so they don't bother me when I'm playing my PS5. Can I play that one? No. Go play the Super NES upstairs with a long cord, and you can play with that. You can toss that thing all over the place. These remotes these days are like 80 bucks a pop. My son's here and just dropping that thing. I got to get there and catch that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, right? Let me get back to the the topic at hand. Just, I love the fact that we are Bill Belichick, excuse me, uh, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean are, are, are allowing these guys to, to just let the, the youth take over. You need to, because this is a young man's game. At the end of the game, our average age on this team going into the playoffs, uh, I got a little graphic for y'all. So going into the playoffs, let me see if I got the right one here. So, Going into the playoffs, I'm not sure if you guys can see this, but the Bills were the number nine team out of 14 teams with the number nine. We were average age of 22.7. Sorry, 27.2. So 27 years of age was the average age on this squad. You know how we started the year? We started the year average age 26. Average age of 26 years on this squad. So, and that's usually, that's that's about like middle of the pack to to. So about the the uh, on the young side, the youngest team were the Packers and the Packers. If you see what's happening with the Packers, young receiving core, young quarterback, young defense. Right. And they made it to the playoffs without a pro bowler, all pro, no nothing. Right. All these young guys that are coming together. So once they start building with one another, the Packers are going to be a problem in that the NFC North alongside the Bears, alongside the Lions. It's going to be tough, man. Don't don't sleep on Minnesota either. So that's going to be a tough division, mate. That might go back to being a tough division. It's a young gun type of league, right? So that being said, Joe Brady really got this offense going. And that was a small sample size. So wait till he goes through all offseason. He scraps whatever Ken Dorsey had going. And he goes, now it's my offense. I'm about to tap in. I'm about to make this thing pop. And 
that's what we want. Joe Brady re revitalizing this offense. And then obviously we're going to change things on the defensive side. That's what I love. Let's tap into the defensive side of the ball. We're not done now. So we hire a 32 year old as the offensive coordinator officially. And then we jump into the defensive side of the ball by promoting Bobby Babbage to defensive coordinator. Shout out to Bobby Babbage. Now here's the deal with Bobby. This this is a big this is a big uh this is huge. All right? Because the league was 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 in on taking a look at Bobby Babbage. Miami Dolphins were interested in him. They were trying to get his ass over there. There was a couple other AFC teams looking at potentially bringing him bringing him in as a defensive coordinator. That would have hurt. That one would have hurt. And the same way that they were trying to poach Ken Dorsey, the same way they were trying to poach Ken Dorsey, they're going to try to do the same thing with Joe Brady. Joe Brady was getting some love from other squads saying, yo, man, let me let me see what, what's up. And Buffalo was like, you can't. We're going to promote him to offensive coordinator. Don't even think about it, right? And who wants to leave Josh Allen? Ain't nobody trying to leave Josh Allen. You want to stay around with Josh Allen because that boy is going to do some great things. So defensive side of the ball, Bobby Babbage comes through. So look, look at what we get from Bobby Babbage, folks. All right. So it, he became an uh, assistance DB coach. All right. Let me get my notes right. Assistance DB coach in 2017. He's been with he's been with uh, Coach McDermott since 2017, even back to when they were together with the Panthers. All right. So they've they've had some time together. So that's number one. Number two, let me get my, my bearings right. Uh, First year, Micah Hyde. Do you remember Micah Hyde came from the Green Bay Packers? Pro Bowl. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, Pro Bowl. All right? So now, you're already seeing the impact. Trey White, rookie. He comes in. He was pushing for defensive rookie of the year. Do you guys remember who had it? I was adamant that he was going to get it. But Marshawn Lattimore just had a monster year. It was just a better year. But these guys were going neck and neck. They were neck and neck. Well, guess who the was defensive court actually not defensive corner but guess who was the db coach that's right bobby babbage as an assistant he was doing his thing so he had his footprint in that defensive backfield right so that's what you like to see so let's keep let's keep going here right so trey white almost gets rookie year so now you know you got yourself something special a trey white so 2018 to 2022 he moves officially to the safety group Oh, that's where the that's where they fell off, didn't they? Heck no, they didn't fall off because you had the best safety tandem in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier in that stint. And in that stint from 18 to 22, what does he do? You get two all pro safeties. All right. You get two all pro safeties that get nods. You got to give credit to where credit is due to Bobby Bab. Is it Babbage or Babic? I'll just say Babbage for now. And if, if I'm corrected, y'all can correct me later, right? So you get two all pro nods going to your two safeties. So you're, you have a guy that now he knows how to develop these players. So what does he do? He goes to the linebacker position. Then he goes, last year, Matt Milano. What did Matt Milano do? All pro. All pro Matt Milano. Why? Because you got a defensive linebacker coach that's in there developing these guys going. So now Matt Milano goes down. What happens? Here comes Terrell Bernard. We're thinking, oh, my goodness, Terrell Bernard is going to be a problem. He's, I don't know if we're going to. He comes in and replaces my man. Milano, I wouldn't say replaces, but takes over like the defense didn't miss a beat. Wait till these two mother efforts get back together next year with the defensive coordinator being Bobby Babbage? Yo, 
Watch out. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to just say watch out because these boys are coming in. So we got the youth on the one side of the of the ball. You got defensive defensive prowess. You got defensive young buck in Bobby Babbage coming through, only 40 years of age. Fam, this defense and this offense is in good hands, and that's just the coaching side of it. Terrell Bernard's going to have a – well, he had player of the week multiple times. Uh, Tyrell Dotson came on afterwards, and I didn't even get into Dorian Williams. Wait till Dorian Williams starts to get his act together. You're going to have Dorian, Benford, and Milano. Come on now. That's a good linebacking crew. I'm going to tell you right now, you that crew stays healthy. If that crew stays healthy all year, it's a motherfucking problem. I didn't want to cuss today. I'm trying to limit my cousin, but that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. So I'm excited to have uh, Bobby Babbage as the defensive coordinator. Now, the question will remain, and it still has not been answered. Who will call plays? Will McDermott relinquish his play calling duties to Bobby? Or will he hold on to it? And Bobby's just going to be there kind of giving input on, okay, here's how I want to do it. Here's the game plan, and away we go. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that plays out. Will, will McDermott have a little bit of humility to say, you know what, take over. I'll be the head coach. I'll oversee what goes on and we'll go through it, but you get the call plays. Did he have an opportunity to see McDermott call plays? Was there a succession plan in place? You will be the, the off the defense coordinator next year. So just be prepared. Watch what I do. Who knows, right? Maybe this is a conversation they have all off season. Maybe they're co play callers. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I'm looking forward to seeing how Bobby and Joe Brady run this, this team. Right from the play, from from running it and developing his players because you can already see the difference that Joe Brady did with this offense. He's got some things to tweak. He definitely has some things to tweak. But something that I love with Joe Brady is that he's not afraid to tap into the run game, use his tight ends, and he's he's got to shy away from the screen a little bit. I, I would like to see some more running back screens, but overall, I'm pleased with what we have in that in that uh, capacity. Defense, same. You know I mean, you got it. You got to show love to that. So. Defense, offense taken care of on the youth side of the ball. Love it. Now, let's go to the players because that's what this is all about at the end of the day. And it's tapping into your players. Now, before we do, there are a few things that you want to know about Bob Babbage because I, I don't want to take away from that because um, he's, he's a good coach. And uh, there are things that you want to make sure that you, you kind of pass that along because we talked about Terrell Bernard doing his thing. Terrell Bernard... Uh, led all Bills this year with 143 tackles and finished the year uh, as one of only four players in NFL history to record six tackles, six-plus tackles, three interceptions, and three fumble recoveries in a single season under the tutelage and the coaching of Bobby Babbage. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. In, in Babbage's first season as linebacker's coach in 22, Matt Milano earned his first All-Pro. You guys already know that. Uh, he led the Bills with 12.5 tackles for loss totaling 99 tackles, three interceptions, and two fumble recoveries. Bro, having Ben, listen, Bernard and Milano back, yo, Miami better watch out, man. Y'all y'all thought you were playing with us? We're going for a fifth title. We're going for the fifth AC title. Don't play with us. The Bills finished third in the NFL in takeaways with 25 and seven in interceptions, 15 in 2020. The Bills also won the first team's first division title since 1996 and reached the conference championship, all that stuff, right? Jordan Poirier finished with 20, 2019 season with a career high 103 tackles all under Bobby Babbage, man. So you got to give this guy his shout outs. Great, 
great uh, decision on Sean McDermott. He should have made the decision way sooner on Joe Brady, and maybe outcome is a little different. But here we are. Here we are. That's all that matters at the end of the day, that we are going to be in good hands, great hands. Now, folks, let us move on to the players, because if we're staying on the youth side of the football, let's move on to the players. We got to. And before we do, give a shout out to my man, Matthew DeVidio, who is happy that Joe Brady is staying with us. Heck yeah, we happy boy. <laughs> we are absolutely happy. And uh, we just got to build off of it. We got to build off of it. And uh, we've got some good coaching around him. And uh, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. So I uh, appreciate that to my guy, Mr. DeVidio. All right, here we go, folks. This offense. And it starts with our quarterback. He's not some old head. And he's certainly not a young rookie. He is officially in his prime. He reached his prime last year, but he's officially in his prime. And how long these primes usually go for, that's usually on a player. But usually you get a, you're you're within your prime between the ages of like 27. Because at that point, you're like three years into the game. Usually you enter the league at what 22, 22-ish, right? Depending on when you leave, when you leave college. So 27 now you've got experience under you you're in your second contract hopefully by this time so now that you're about to go into your prime your prime is right now in that second contract you're about to get it rolling so the fact that we have a, a in their prime quarterback that's going to be headed by this by the by joe brady and this team you're already in great company question is is it time to give more to the young players and I loved what I saw from Coach McDermott this year because he said, you know what? I'm drafting Kincaid. We're going to see where he's at in all, in all offseason. We tracked him all offseason, and all he was doing was great things. He was doing great things. And all of a sudden, you got a rookie tight end in 13 games, 73 receptions, 673 yards, and two touchdowns in his rookie year. He's only going to get better. And the connection between him and Josh Allen is only going to strengthen. So him also coming in and breaking the Bills single season reception record for rookie became one of the NFL, four NFL rookies since 1960 with 70 plus receptions. And he did that in his sleep. He did that in his sleep. There were moments where he didn't even show up. This could be easily a tight end that gets 100 receptions, 100 receptions a year. I could totally see it. Right, because if you look at your tight, your best friends, your tight end, your your quarterback's best friends, go to Tom Brady. Who was Tom Brady's best buddy? Who was the one that he always leaned on? Gronkowski. Who the hell do you think Pat Mahomes is leaning on? Travis Kelsey. Right. Look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Sam Laporta was coming through and handling business. Yo, your listen, Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers. You're tight end. You need a tight end. That's why these tight ends are saying, pay me like I'm a receiver. Because, y'all, I'm not just your in-blocking tight end. I'm more than that. And these tight ends these days, they do way more. So you got you to gotta definitely do it. Listen, six catches per game is very feasible. 1,000%. 1,000%. You keep, you keep this up. It's very possible. This, this boy could be a walking 100-reception guy. I mean, I don't need him to have 100 receptions. 80 plus is good enough for me, right? He, he had 73 in his sleep, 673 yards. Bro, big things are coming to Kincaid's way. So when we say move the youth and get these youth in, in play, this was a great way to stabilize them 
And now it's time to go into your sophomore year and really get, get your name out there. People already know who you are, but now they're going to have to know, you know what you're about consistently. They're going to have to game plan for guys like Kincaid. They didn't have to game plan for him this year, right? He was just there to exist and figure it out and feel it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Now, you're going to have to game plan for me. If you don't, you're going to pay. You definitely are going to pay. So big shout out to the Bills trusting in giving the reins over to him over, obviously, Dawson Knox. Now, here's the real question. What you going to do with Dawson Knox, bro? What you going to do with Dawson Knox? Because, like, that's a lot of money being paid to Dawson Knox. That's a lot of money being paid to Dawson Knox. I'm not saying that they should move on from Dawson Knox. That's not at all what I'm saying. But there should be something that we revisit and say, hey, bro. I mean, we did, we, the things, the way things have, have transpired to pay you that type of money. I mean, we need some money. We're 50 mil over cap. You're going to have to, we're going to have to make some changes. So are you ready for that pay cut? And he better say, yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever you guys want me to do, I'm going to do it if I want to stay on this team. Because sometimes they pull on your heartstrings by saying, hey, man, if you want to be part of this, this team and something special that we're working on, we need you to take a little bit of a pay cut. Now, we're still going to take care of you now, but we can't give you the money that we're going to give you. We didn't get the production we needed from you. And plus, let's keep it a buck here. You've been surpassed, sir. So, stay this same. We'll pay you, but you got to. there's some things that we got to talk about. And that should be the first person we talk to by taking a pay cut. And that we'll get into all that stuff in a later stream. But, yeah, we got to get to that. But big shout-out to our guy, the Young Buck, in Don Kincaid, all right? So we solidify ourselves in the tight end room as a receiving weapon, get us, getting us moving the chains, getting us points, but you need to protect your quarterback. And this is where Osiris Torrance came in. Now, Osiris Torrance started off the season very well. He was a stone wall, a little slow in his feet, but he's strong, strong like ox. He's still got that baby fat around him, right? That's what they always say. When these young guys come in, they still got that baby fat. They're going to learn how to work out stay lean, all that stuff, get strong, and they'll be really good. Osiris Torrance is going to be a force in this league. And the fact that we have him protecting the right side is great. Let's keep going. You let, you have the young buck um, on our, our right tackle in Spencer Brown. I mean, everyone and their mama was like, oh, Spencer Brown is a problem. Yo, get rid of this dude. Spencer Brown stepped up. And you know he stepped up when you never really heard his name. Nobody mentioned his name. They rarely mentioned his name. And if they did, maybe he gave up a pressure. But before, we were constantly saying, golly, who was that? Spencer Brown? Ah, holding. Spencer Brown, who was that? It was always something. Now, Brandon B. was already letting us know, guys, he was dealing with a back injury. And if you've ever dealt with a back injury, you know it's a problem. It's not fun dealing with a back injury. It's the, I've had it, and it's the worst thing ever. You walk like you're just an, you you've aged tremendously when you have a back issue. You just can't do anything. You're ginger. Any little you sneeze, <laughs> and you're ready to just kind of call it quits because of that back injury. So it really sucks. So the fact that Osiris Torrance 
is right next to Spencer Brown. You got a youth side on the right side of the ball. I love it. We might have to do something with the center position. I mean, Mitch Morse is what, 32, 33 now? So, or, or going into his 33rd year of, of age. So there is going to be something that we have to handle in that department. Can he still play? Absolutely. But there needs to be a succession plan. There needs to be a plan that who takes over as backup center. Is it going to be Ryan Bates? Do we trust Ryan Bates enough? I absolutely do. But I'd rather go into the draft going to get a stud center that is going to back up for a little bit until he takes over for, for Mitch Morse. But right now, Mitch Morse is playing still at a high level. So you don't want to disturb that. But I also know that one or two more concussions, and now, I mean, we got a little bit of an issue now, right? Because he stayed healthy all year, which, is, which was, we're grateful for. But I also know that one or two more concussions, they might call it a day. So you've got to be, you got to plan ahead. I'm hoping that this coaching staff understands the magnitude of we we lose a center. That's huge because he keeps everybody in line. I mean, let's not forget that was the center that didn't allow a sack all year when he was protecting Pat Mahomes. So he can play. It's just that those those injuries will will catch up to you. So I hope that this continues and uh, we start looking for a plan to replace Mitch Morse when the time comes. Uh, Cause that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. So uh, Mitch Morse keeps that line going. He absolutely does. And that's why I say he's still playing at a high level, but we can't take a chance. There's got to come. There's going to come a point where we got to, you know what I mean? Start looking at, okay, who is going to take over for him when he a retires or B we just plan not to pay him anymore. Right. It's going to be one of those two or three or C if you want, he gets hurt with a concussion. And now we're forced into a position. I'd rather us be planned. I'd rather us be proactive than reactive. That's the way uh, I love it. I mean, that's the way I want to see that. So um, Laura says, Josh loves Mitch. I hope he can give us one more year, one more good year. And me too. Don't get me wrong. Me too. I ain't saying, I ain't saying get rid of him by any stretch. I just need him to stay healthy and we have a plan in place for him. Right. Move over to the left side. You got Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern had a solid year. And he's still he's still he's still a young buck. I mean, he's still getting his way and finding his way in his first year into the offense. He's going to get better. He's going to get stronger, getting all that stuff. And he's versatile. And uh, I thought that we had a pretty good year. I think Josh Allen was the least sacked quarterback all year. I think we gave up 24 sacks, the least sacked quarterback. That's unbelievable. With a guy like Josh Allen that scrambles all the time and that's taking all to go all over the place. Um, he obviously does help that offense line as well by e evading and eluding, I mean, guys that get into the backfield. But if we were to upgrade somewhere on that line, I'm looking at the center position merely as a backup, and then somebody takes over. And then Connor, I'm okay with Connor. I don't have no problems with Connor. Connor was good, man. That's a good O-line. And that O-line played well all year, and they were healthy all year. Ryan Bates didn't have to come in at all. <laughs> we're used to Ryan Bates. All right, who's in? Ryan Bates, cool. Ryan Bates left guard, cool. Ryan Bates right tackle, cool. Ryan Bates was chilling. So we're good on that. D David Andrews got in a couple times. David Edwards, excuse me. David Edwards got in a couple times, but that was it. That was it. So shout out to the O-line. The O-line is, is as youthful as you can get. I mean, obviously, the center is the only challenge, but sometimes you need a vet guy at center, but the rest of the position is great. Deion Dawkins is going to be pushing, I think he's like 20, 20, 28, 28 or so, 28 to go into 29. So uh, we good. We are absolutely good, man. 
So I love what we're doing on the offensive line, led by our rookie in the youth department, Osiris Torrance. And he's only going to get better. And it's going to be great things for next year. So a good old offseason to get things going. Because you have to understand that these guys go from draft, draft like they got to get prepared for the draft. They got to do all the, the combine stuff. They got to do all that stuff. Then they get drafted by the team. Then they go right to the team. It doesn't stop for these guys. So this is going to be their first offseason of just having a normal NFL players offseason. So we're, we're hopefully, hopefully we're, we're looking forward to seeing how these guys, uh, how these guys play out. Dawkins will be 30 this year. Is he going to be 30? I, I, I was getting the ages all wrong. So yeah, Doc, Dawkins is going to be 30. And uh, something to, to kind of keep in mind. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's got quite a bit of a bag. He got paid. So there might come a decision where they, they, they start looking for his succession plan. But I mean, he's 30. He's still a young buck. He still plans to play for this squad. And for the most part, he's been Josh Allen's left tackle, Josh Allen's whole career. So they're, they, they know each other very well. So he knows that's the asset of the team. I mean, when, when myself and Zeba interviewed him, he went into a long, go look at that interview and uh, peruse through it. It's, it's there um, on our channel. He said it, man. He's like, yo, I've been his blind side since day one. And I've, I've been protecting him and I plan not to get him hurt. And I want that to continue. So I take pride in being the left tackle and the only guy that's ever blocked for him. That's huge. That's huge. One of the best in the game and you're protecting him and you kept him upright all year. Shout out to you. Now, it really does suck that he got pushed right into Josh Allen on that throw that could have ended in the touchdown and ended the Kansas City Chiefs. But like I said, some things will fall our way at some point. It's just not our time just yet. Just not our time, which is okay. Uh, right, let me get to my super chat before I move to the next player. Um, Matthew DeVito, obviously, we want Joe Brady to stay with us. You know it. Uh, Darren Martin, what's up, Darren? Rico, it's AFC Championship or Ben Johnson? <laughs> well, um, I mean, listen, at the end of this, at the end of this, at the end of the day, man, um, I'm good with who we got with Joe Brady. Um, AFC Championship, we'll get there at one point for us for these Bills. But uh, Ben Johnson can can go back to where he's at. I'll take that AFC Championship, and uh, and that's that. You know what I'm saying? We got Joe Brady, man. Ben Johnson is cool, but Joe Brady cool too. I'm not I'm not sweating too much. I mean, if you really want to talk about it, I mean, he had these guys in great plan and great great position to win it, and uh, great great calls. But there were some times where they they faltered and they stalled. So I mean, everybody's got their 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 faults, right? But I'm taking my guy Joe Brady. I'm taking my guy, Joe Brady, man. Darren Martin comes back and says, hey, we had 67 first-round picks. Seven of, those, seven of those 67 were receivers. The last one was 10 years ago. Before him, 20 years ago. And before him, 28 years ago. It's time to get Josh Allen a young, big-time weapon in the first round. I'll tell you right now, not to, since we're on the youth movement, I'm not, I'm not trying to draft a receiver in the first round. Um, I don't necessarily need to draft a receiver in the first round because there are there are bigger, better things to worry about uh, by trying to grab someone in the first round. And the receivers, they if you're gonna take if you're gonna talk about a dime a dozen, receivers to me are a dime a dozen, right? They say running backs are a dime a dozen. I think the receivers are a dime a dozen. You can catch them in the seventh round to Stevie Johnson in the first round and in between, right? But the receivers are so many of them. You just have to find the right one that fits you just right. 
Um, and uh, there's some some big things happening. I think I think Mel Kiper, not Mel Kiper, excuse me. Um, what's the other one with the crazy hair? I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, he has Texans or Texas Longhorns receiver going to the Bills. Uh, what was the name? I forgot the name that he said, but uh, he's got one of these cats that's going there, and he's he's supposed to be the real deal. This Texans, uh, Texas Longhorns receiver. Uh, if you guys know who I'm talking about, if you guys are big college guys, that's where it, Todd McShay, that's who it is. I know it was Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, but it's, I think Mel Kuyper is the one with the crazy hair. Yeah, Mel Kuyper. He's the one who came in. He was like, he's the one who's like, yo, check this out. This is the guy that you want. Go ahead and get, I can see the bills going after him. So, and I saw some highlights. I was like, okay, this boy, this boy bad. He bad. So we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. But we'll get into draft talk. Uh, Adani, yeah, that's it. This guy, Adani Mitchell. He says, yo, the Bills could draft Adonai Mitchell in the first round at 28 pick. Woo. I saw this boy play. I said, like, okay, that boy nice. That boy nice, man. So AD to the Bills? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but let's keep it rolling, man. So Osiris Torrance, Duncan K, James Cook. I mean, what, what do I need to tell you about James Cook? 1,000-yard rusher, rusher. He had 1,500 yards, yards from scrimmage. He had 1,100 yards rushing. Uh, I, I would have loved to see him more in the end zone this year but listen man cook became the first bill to rush for a thousand yards and record at least 1400 scrimmage yards since former bill lashaw mccoy lashaw mccoy hasn't been with the squad <laughs> for a while it's been a while since lashaw has been here right so we're 2024 now 2017 was the last lashaw was with the squad so um this is huge this is huge we we actually have a a back that we can depend on the one thing that I would love for James Cook to do this offseason, just put on some weight. It's not, don't tell me it's not easy to put on some weight. It's easy to put some weight on. You can put some, you get a nutritionist, get all that stuff. You put on like five pounds, that that makes a difference, man. So those 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 runs in between the tackle, the ones that you could somebody blows on you down, you might stay up a little bit more. 10 pounds is a little, it's a lot to ask for for, for RB, but you put some weight on. And you keep your you keep your agility, you keep your your quickness. We could have a big time year by James Cook, and I don't know, I don't need to know any go any further. James Cook is that dude. James Cook is absolutely that dude. So the youth movement is actually moving. Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance, yo, Khalil Shakir, look what's happening, man. You see what we're doing? Offensive side of the ball, we doing it. Khalil Shakir is that dude. He is going to have a monster third year. I will tell you, he used his sophomore year to build. He was building his resume. He's building the chemistry with Josh Allen, building himself with, with Joe Brady. Joe Brady realizes what he has in what he in in, in the slot position because we, we we've been trying to replace that slot position since Cole Beasley, right? We try. Isaiah McKenzie was given the opportunity. It didn't quite work out, which is fine, right? Now we found ourselves a guy that not only will catch the football, but he's all about the yak, man. This is what I've been wait. I'm waiting for a receiver that does the yak. It's not about just catching and going down because that's all Cole Beasley was. I can't say all, but he wasn't a guy that was going to give you more. It was catch, find the sticks, die for it. Let's keep it rolling, and which is fine. I'm not. I have no problems with that. But Khalil Shakir, he's not. He's not satisfied with just catching the football and going down. He's satisfied by catching, looking for the end zone, and let me get there. He gives me Golden Tate vibe. Golden Tate was never satisfied catching the ball and going down. I'm ready to get down and get into the end zone. So, Kalushakir, huge year. 
Um, I think that we're going to have big time. I mean, he had 39 receptions this year for 611 yards. He had a better statistical year than Gabe Davis. Well, not quite. Gabe Davis had a, had a very strong year, but five games of no receptions. You can't, you can't have that. You just really can't. But out of the slot position and coming on late in the season, 39 receptions for 611 yards uh, and two receiving touchdowns, legitimate. Now you add a young receiver like Adonis Mitchell or Donai Mitchell, Stefan Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, and you got the slot position taken care of with, with, with Khalil Shakir. Now you're a team to reckon with. And you have a run game. And you have youth on the line. And you have Josh Allen. Bro, get the, get the hell out of the way, man. Get the hell out of the way. We're going to be a prop. And it's, it's all about getting that, that complimentary piece on the receiver side. Because that's what you need. You need that complimentary piece. And AD would be a nice addition to this team. The way that he, he plays and, and the way that he does his thing, watch out. Just watch out. So we'll see how these bills roll. Do we have the first necessarily? But if something is right there for us, grab it. Don't even think about it. Just go ahead and grab that. All right. Let's jump into it. Terrell Bernard. Need I say more? Terrell Bernard had a monster year. Uh, he was fantastic. Listen, the Bills defense finished as the fourth best, allowing an average of 18.3 points a game. We are the fourth best team defensively in scoring defense. That's led by Terrell Bernard. They also had the third most takeaways with 30. We had 30 takeaways and the fourth most sacks of 54. Bro, we had a damn good year with all these injuries that we sustained. We still were able to have a fourth-ranked defense in terms of scoring. We were, we were ranked third in 30 takeaways, and we were ranked fourth in 54 sacks this year. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And we were second least in allowing 18 touchdowns. 18 uh, passing touchdowns. Bro, defensively, we were pretty damn good. And Terrell Bernard was one that led the way with 143 total tackles. And um, and actually, that's the most by a, a Bills linebacker since 2017. Unbelievable. He's just instinctual. He's not the biggest guy. He ain't 6'4", 250, right? He's, a, he's just, what is he, 6'2", 220? If anything, 225? So, like, he ain't, he ain't huge. But he's instinctual. He he knows where he's supposed to be, and he's not afraid to tackle. That's what's lovely about this Baylor product. So uh, shout out to Terrell Bernard. He's been fantastic, and we're we're moving towards that young <laughs> Mr. Bernard. Is right. Shout out to Principal Bernard, man. Um, he's been doing his thing, man. So you gotta, I got you gotta give credit to where credit is due. Love what I'm seeing from Terrell Bernard, and you add him with with Milano, it's gonna be craziness. Now here's the underrated piece. Dorian Williams, I don't for the life of me understand why we were keeping Dorian Williams from getting onto the field. I know Tyrell Dotson, I mean, has experience. And Tyrell Dotson, you, he's got a little more girth to him. But Dorian Williams smacks. Dorian Williams absolutely lays wood. You can't deny that. You saw it. You saw Allen Robinson try to catch a screen pass, head a field, and he saw Dorian Williams? All you heard, literally, Dorian Williams got up. Allen Robinson was like, Oof, what day is it? <laughs> what are we, Thursday? He didn't know where he was at. So Dorian Williams is one of those situations where 
maybe he just they just they just knew that he's not ready just yet. But when he is, he's going to be going at it. And Brandon Bean said it himself. He's like, I think when it comes to next year, just using Terrell Bernard as as in that test case, he's going to be a lot more knowledgeable, a lot more comfortable. Bean, the game is going to slow down for him. He's fast and an explosive player. And he's talking about Dorian Williams here. And just having Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard, the young bucks together, that is going to be pretty damn nice, man. This guy played in 19 games this year on special teams. Um, and he saw he started to get an in, in, uh, uptick in getting on the field. So I like what I'm seeing from Dorian Williams. I think I'm going to, I think there's a bright future with him and uh, there's a bright future with his team. So folks, I didn't even have to, I mean, I, those are the, those are my notes that I grabbed. Right. But I didn't have to get into the young guys on the squad. I didn't get into Christian Benford. Christian Benford is absolute dog. Right. I didn't have to get into that. Kyrie Elam. Who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie Elam? So does he take the leap that we need him to take officially? Does he check himself this offseason and say, you know, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that dog. What do they do with Trey White? Is Trey White even going to be retained? Are they going to move on from Trey White? Are they going to cut him? Because, you know, when we cut him. I think we saved $6 million. ACL injury, Achilles injury, but he is integral to this team. So you don't just cut someone that's important to his defense. So the team is in a, a conundrum, if you will. They got to figure out what you're going to do with him. There's going to be some tough, tough decisions that Brandon Bean's got to make. $50 million over the cap is insane. Let me tell you something. I was talking to my brother the other day, and we were talking about who, like the, the money scenario and who owes a lot of money and so on and so forth. The Saints are an absolute terrible cap space. Uh, hell, I know people are saying, well, the cap, the cap, uh, <laughs> the salary cap doesn't exist, right? You can do whatever you need to do to manipulate it to do what you got to do. You're right. But all you end up doing is kicking the can down the road, which makes you in a worse position. And you just continue to kick the can down the road. Now, whether you want to do that or not, that's up to the bills. out. That'll be up to bills to do. But there are many things that we're going to have to do to get under the cap. But I was looking at certain teams that are under the cap and, and who went off or who went all in. The Bills were one of them. The Dallas Cowboys were one of them. They had one of the bad, the worst uh, salary cap. The Chiefs, they're $28 million over the cap, excuse me, under the cap. They got money. So the Chiefs are definitely going to be doing something. Wait, listen, if they go out and get a receiver or two, they're going to be dangerous again. They're going to be dangerous again. That's why we have to nail this upcoming draft. We have to nail this free agency, because everybody's going to be building. The Jets are going to be building. The Miami Dolphins are going to be building. The freaking Houston Texans are going to be building. The freaking Cleveland Browns. Like, <laughs> you already know what time it is, man. The Bengals got money. The Bengals are going to be making some, some moves, man. So, huh, we need to nail free agency as best we can. Free agent receiver, don't listen. I'm going to tell you right now, man. Darnell Mooney. You put Darnell Mooney on this roster alongside Diggs, alongside Khalil, alongside getting a rookie receiver because we're going to have to make a decision on Stefan Diggs. Some good things are coming this way, man. We just got to nail this thing, right? So Brandon B's got to shuffle some things around. I don't know if you guys have ever played dominoes. If you ever played dominoes with Caribbean folks, when you, when you shuffle the dominoes, 
There's some things that's going to be happening, man. You got to shuffle them things around, Brandon Bean. There's a lot of shuffling you're going to have to do. And then when you got that hand, that last domino set that you think you got, pow, slam that thing on that table and tell them, get off this, get out, get out of here. That's what it's going to come down to, folks. Big baller beans got to be big baller bean. I know he's going to have to be shopping, though, because big you can't be a big baller when you bargain shop. You know what I mean? Big, big baller bean is going to be bargain bin bean because he's going to be sitting here, you mean, shopping at, uh, <laughs> I don't know what them cheap-ass stores that y'all got over there. You know what I mean? But you already know what time it is. You guys already know what time it is. So we're, we're about to find out what this team is about. But listen, Ed Oliver, you got to add Oliver on the squad. You know he's going to be doing this thing. AJ Epinesa, whether we decide to bring AJ Epinesa back, that's going to be a challenge on its own. I already talked about the linebacker crew, Christian Bedford, Kyrie Elam. Maybe we move Christian Bedford to safety. And now we've got we've got some openings. Who knows, man? Dane Jackson's still there. We got to do something about that, that safety position because Micah Hyde certainly can't come back. You can't bring those two guys back. You can't. Jordan Poyer, maybe he stays one more year. So you transition, you put Christian Bedford alongside Jordan Poyer. Now you got some. You bring back Rasul Douglas. So maybe Rasul Douglas and, and Kyrie, or does Trey White come back? So many things can happen. So many things. But what I love as I conclude this show today is the amount of youth that we have and that we can tap in. We can absolutely tap into it. And we have 10 draft picks this year. So what, I, what, that, does, that, what does that tell you? We're going to be wheeling and dealing. We are going to be wheeling and dealing because we ain't got no money. Maybe we'll make one, one signing, potentially, but we're going to live in that draft. So all 10 picks, they may, they may have to contribute somewhere. I mean, not all 10, but, I mean, at least six of those things are going to have to come on that squad and contribute somewhere. Special teams is where it's going to be. And I didn't even get into Bale Inspector. I'm a big fan of Bale Inspector. So that linebacker crew, I'm a big fan. Bale Inspector, Dorian Williams. I mean, AJ Klein's going to be gone, obviously. You got you got Terrell uh, Terrell Dotson if he decides to come back or not. He they gave him a one year deal, so he might be a free agent. He probably most likely will and may not come back. So Bale Inspector, Dorian Williams, Matt Milano, and Terrell Bernard. Yo, I'm straight. Tyler Matakavich bring. I mean, he got he got the, his contract was restructured, so he'll be here for a bit. We good at the linebacker position. Sure, you mean we just gotta just tighten up on that defensive front, we'll shuffle some things around on the back end. Man, Bob's your uncle, baby. Bob's your uncle. And we looking good. We looking good. So let me let me jump into uh, some super chats, and I'm going to get out of here and get out of your hair. And you guys already know I always, always appreciate y'all. Um, Darren Martin, what up, DM? He like, yo, I like Braden Rice, Jerry's son. I mean, we could go that way, but it doesn't always work out with the, the child of another player. Jory Porter Jr., solid rookie. I mean, Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith's son. Uh, no, not Emma Smith's son. Was it Emma Smith's son? Uh, Jared Payton. He tried it. Didn't quite work out. Walt Payton's son. Didn't quite work out. Uh, Michael Jordan's son. Didn't quite work out. I mean, he, I mean, it's working out for him right now because he's, he's piping, pipping. <laughs> he's piping, pipping right now. Say that six times fast. Um, but yeah, it doesn't always quite work out with, it means the, the play, the son's player. But we'll see. We saw, we shall see. I mean, Kenyon Martin's son, he's doing really good. I mean, if you're a basketball guy. He's doing real good things right now. So we'll see. But Jerry Rice's son, we shall see. We'll see how that plays out. But there's there's quite a bit of prospects that we're going to have to get into. And I'm glad that I have uh, Carl Jones that's going to be helping out 
uh, with draft prospects is I don't know those draft prospects at all. I just do my homework like you guys, but I'm not, I don't dive too deep into that, but I'll have, I have enough people that I know that's going to be helping me out and bringing some content to you guys. Um, shout out to my mind, Scott Blakely. What up, Scotty from the shy. Great to see the goat bills podcast. <laughs> Yo, you always like that, bro. Yeah. That's you Rico. Great moves on coaches. Babbage will figure out our D in playoffs. Very excited. You know what? There are reasons to be excited. And I, and I listen, Scott Blakely, I'm not even going to dismiss what you just said. I appreciate that, man. I really do appreciate that. I mean, I try to, there's so much content creators out there, really good content creators, and you got to stand out in a way, right? And lo longevity does help. We've been here, we've been doing this a long time, but I appreciate you guys coming in and helping and showing some love and, and you know, and chopping it up with us when it comes to Bills football. It's tough in the offseason. You got to start you know, figuring out how you're going to talk about what you're going to talk about. And uh, it's like a week long thing. I can't just wake up tomorrow and say, what am I going to talk about? Like, I got to start you know, seeing what's happening around the league and seeing what's happening with us and then getting creative. And we know we're going to go back to POP, process or problem. We got some decisions that we're going to have to make. And we're going to bring that series right back to y'all. But Scott Blakely, I appreciate you. And uh, very much excited about this team. And that being said, just like that, one more topic that I got to hit. And uh, I didn't like seeing it. But Peter King. You guys already know who Peter King is. He's a, a, a veteran columnist. And, um, and uh, Peter King today was like the Bills. Let me just get the, the, the actual quote so I don't misquote what was said here. Um, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? So this brother, I don't know if he's just trying to stir some, some ish up. I don't like it. But Peter King expects Bills to ask Stefan Diggs to redo his contract. And then says the receiver won't be happy. Hell no, he's not going to be happy. He's going to tell the NFL, the league, the Buffalo Bills, yeah, yeah, I'll take a pay cut. Yeah, for sure, I'll take a pay cut. He's going to tell you, go sit on a cactus. I'm not taking no damn pay cut. Go ask your quarterback to take a pay cut. You know what I mean? Go ask Vaughn Miller to take a pay cut. Don't ask me to take a pay cut. I'm still a 1,000-yard receiver. I'm still a 100-yard catch receiver. Don't play with me. Now, I know that he's getting mad scrutiny right now. Stephon Diggs is getting mad scrutiny. But let's, let's look at the totality of the situation. Maybe something was going on, maybe not. But he still had a thousand yards. He still had a hundred receptions. He's still a very much reliable receiver. He just had some untimely drops that could have really helped us in a bind. He dropped a big one, Richard. I know, brother. <laughs> that was a big one, man. And I'm sure he's he's kicking himself in the pants for that. But sometimes you need those moments and those scenarios to. To, to humble yourself in a way. And I'm not saying he needs to be humbled. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes you may think you're the man and you mean nothing goes wrong. And, and a lot of times this, this image is burnt into people's minds when he's doing this to Josh Allen. And then when you drop a football like that, it humbles you to say, okay, I mean, I, I, need, to, I need to chill out just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe he, he comes in and puts his head down and comes back, and he's the best version of himself, knowing that he's gonna be here for a minute. Because I'm Stefan Diggs is still my favorite Bills player. Love Josh Allen, love a lot of these guys on the squad, but I just there's something I love 
about Stefan Diggs that he brings to this team. And I feel like he lost a little bit of hunger. I feel like he lost a little bit of hunger this, this, uh, this season. But I mean, at one point, Josh lost a lot of hunger too. When Ken Dorsey was doing his thing, there was, there was less hunger from Josh until Joe Brady came through and then boom, there was more hunger. But I didn't see the same level of hunger from both Josh and Stefan Diggs at the same time. Uh, but one thing I'll tell you, you're going to have to draft a receiver because at one point you will have to move on from Stefan Diggs. That contract, a $22 million dead cap hit, you're not going to get rid of that. You just can't. Next year, maybe. But right now, you still got that brother on the squad. So deal with it. But you can't ignore bringing a receiver in. You got to bring a receiver in. That's, that's real time. But I still love Stefan Diggs. And next year might be a massive year. We might put it all together and get these things rolling. But one thing I'll tell you right now, to put this all in a button, youth offensive coordinator, youth defensive coordinator, and a whole bunch of youth pieces that are going to be moving up. And we got 10 draft picks on top of that. Yo, if you're not excited about what these bills are going to be doing this offseason, I don't know what to tell you. Because the future is bright in Buffalo. I know it doesn't look good now because Pat Mahomes is doing his thing and CJ Stroud is doing his thing and the AFC is convoluted and there's a whole bunch of shit. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I don't care. I don't give a... Listen, if you if you know that, <clears throat> I'll play that song in just a moment for you guys so you guys know what I'm talking about. But I don't care. I don't care. I mean, it, it comes down to it at the end of the day. Um, we got something on our side. We have something on our side, and that's that's Josh Allen. That's Stefan Diggs. Uh, I got to find that song for you guys. There it is. Um, I got to find that song. And at the end, at sometimes I just don't care. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good teams, but I don't care. We good. And I'm gonna show you this song because this right here. Once you get the song, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you're Haitian. A lot of people are not. I don't care. I don't give a damn. Because this team is going to be fire cracking. I'm telling you right now. I'll play the song in just a moment. But you already know what time it is. So I got to get out of here. But I got a super chat coming in, my, coming in from my girl, Miss Laura. I think I saw Miss Laura put a put a super chat in there. Yes, I did. Miss Laura, much love and appreciate you. She says, support BF if you're able, family. Like, share, subscribe. Imagine if we didn't have this forum. Go BF, go Bills. That's my girl. That's my girl. I appreciate you, Laura. And just like that, I'm out of here. I appreciate y'all, man. So the youth is on our side. We got everything to be excited about. And do I care about all the other teams that are putting things together? I don't care. I really don't. Because I know what we have. I know what we have with the Bills. I don't care. I don't give a damn. And we out of here. Buffalo Fanatics. Bills fans, Bills Mafia, we'll catch you on the flip side. We'll catch you later. Peace. Hey. <laughs> we'll catch you guys. Have yourself a great night. Let's go. C'est
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.